0: Hello, welcome to uh, season eight, episode seven of Euphoria. This week, my wonderful co host, Cadrell. Light of my life, worst mid laner I've ever seen, but what, very what the good hell? jungler. Why are you going to do me like that? Just because I need people to come check for themselves at twitch.tv.
1: My mid lane is in progress, okay? It's work in, in progress. Work in progress, yeah.
0: One person who's not a work in progress is our guest today. Um, king of the top lane, former Lord of Dogtown and Dog Champions, but now <laughs> allowed to have fun, allowed to carry, f- tied for first place in the LAC, none other than Oda Wamne. Lord of Dogtown? <laughs> he was Lord of Dogtown.
2: Occasionally, weak side machine.
1: Occasionally, weak side machine. Everyone has so many top Titles in Rogue. Larson has like Ginger God team fight.
2: No, team. but Larson is like either Ginger God or Ginger Dog. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like you know, before game as every every day before game, he's like, "Hey Ginger, are you God or Dog today?" Oh. And then Ginger always says Ginger Dog. Oh, uh, no. he sets his
1: expectations low. Yeah, I mean, I
2: He can't get disappointed, you know, if he says he's always Ginger Dog, but then he doesn't have the confidence. But like, yeah, I'm gonna be a God today.
0: In case you forgot, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. We're gonna talk about Rogue. We're gonna talk about a lot of different things uh, today. But uh, we can start a little bit with with last week. Um and before we even get into to last week, I think one thing that Cadro and I wanted to touch on really quick is that um one of the one of the greats of the European scene has retired recently. Someone that Odo has experience with, Fevvin uh, has stopped playing competitively, so I thought maybe I don't want to say a moment of silence because the dude's not dead, right? He's just not playing. He's not playing competitive anymore. But like, let's like, for me, I mean, the faker solo kill is obviously the thing that people are going to remember the most. But I think um, just quick hits. How are you guys feeling? How does it feel to see another player
2: step away from the League of Legends spotlight? I mean, for me, it was crazy, you know, because like I I pretty much started with uh, with Fabian. I remember actually my first contact with him. We were both like, because we were we go all the way back, you know. I remember he was like this. <laughs> this 15 year old raven one-trick with like really really squeaky voice you know and it was like skinny Fabian, and then he got big boy Fabian like buffed as yeah. well but back then he was just like skinny Fabian, 15 year old squeaky voice just being super annoying playing raven and flaming everyone i mean that's the Feb- that's the fabian i remember you know but uh, i mean i mean he had a great career no he yeah. he got into fnatic straight off the bat i mean he kind of ditched me but uh that's, that's just tough life you know he got into fnatic 180 won so many times, a lot of personal highlights, as you said, the the Faker solo kill back to back, and I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if I've seen it coming, um, I mean, I guess you could say that you've seen it coming just because his performance kind of dipped, and then in a way, he, he lost motivation, I think, mm. um, even on like his last couple of streams, uh, where he talks about like, you know, about his journey and all of this stuff, you could see that he was getting like a bit burned. I wouldn't actually I don't know if burned out is the correct word, but I feel like just the maturity of the scene kinda got to him because mm-hmm. he spoke about his experiences with how people see like passionate or like uh people who have strong opinions as like toxic and stuff. And mm-hmm. instead of like catering to to them because they most of the time have valid points, they just like get dismissed. Kinda of like the same thing with like an A, you know, with Dardock and stuff. He always yeah. getting benched because I mean in a way he's kinda of deserved to get benched because he's a bit extreme with his attitudes. But the root of the problem is still there. So I feel like I don't know, just over over time I feel like it got to him, you know. And he yeah. kinda of lost his drive to to compete. And there's also like a lot of insane up and up and coming talent. So yeah, in a way I seen it coming, but still his career has been like nothing but impressive. Yeah, definitely. And I um, I looked up to him when
1: I was a mid laner back in the days and I always used to DM him on Twitter like, what do you think of this matchup? What do you think of this matchup? And he would always reply to me like, oh my God, that's awesome. You know, back in the days when he was on Fnatic. Uh, and then there was actually a year, I think it was 2018 off season, um, moving to 2019. Uh, we were going to join a team together. We we're going to join perhaps Misfits. I was this close to signing with them, but everything fell through and I was going to be on that, that team with him. Uh, and then we all, ever since then, we always wanted to be on a team together, but it never happened. So yeah, that's kind of sad. The good news is, if you had done that, you might have made playoffs, and
0: then we wouldn't have this thing that we. <laughs> you keep. always have to bring that up, don't you? But this once is our this is the thing. This is like your um your Achilles heel. You know, this is this is it's good that you have a weakness. It makes you mortal. That and your LeBlanc performances. Uh, but I mean, otherwise, imagine
2: this like imagine you would have made playoffs once. There wouldn't be like any fun trivia fact on Cast. You wouldn't be like. <laughs> playoffs then, made, no uh, but then if i made make it one time guys one time <laughs> no but if i made it then you're like oh you got knocked out in the first round of playoffs <laughs>
1: but you need like this, you know, I, like this.
0: I feel like you need something you know personable that makes you mm. there's jokes that you have fun like with odo it's that he had to play maokai for like four years straight you know what i mean but at least he
2: found success doing it
0: i mean that's true like i'm not gonna say that all jokes are created equal right i think odo would take playing maokai I mean, and for winning me, like, everything's imagine, relative huh
2: like up until last split it was like yeah, you never made finals, but that is so much less fun than never making playoffs, you know?
1: Yeah, because it's just like it's 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 more f- it's less fun because making finals is already impressive, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then making playoffs is like, come on, man, you yeah, gotta wait. do it. Come at on. At least
2: at least it's in EU, you know? Imagine you're in an A, eight I, teams out of ten, and you never made oh playoffs. Now no. that's like that's literally
1: <laughs> banger. <laughs> that's kinda true. Oh man. But, uh, I won't get into it, but eight out of ten teams making playoffs is just odd to me.
0: It is. Um, like, what is the <laughs> point is in the lot. regular split? I, like. just to sum, when I was in middle school, I played football for the first time and I was horrid and I got a participation award and the trophy that said best substitute goalie. <laughs> yeah, best substitute goalie on a middle school football team. That was the accolade that they gave me. I feel like the eighth place team getting into playoffs is the best substitute goalie. You I mean, know, I, like, It's yeah. just like, what?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know their
2: full playoff system, but I guess there's a reason there's eight teams being Actually, I, I can go even deeper. Imagine this. It's eight out of ten teams out of like 60 games. Because, you know, they do spring, yeah, and, summer they do spring and summer yeah, combined, then combined. Your though. record at the end of summer is like 10 wins, 55 losses or something. And then you make playoffs. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure <laughs> if it's that extreme, but yeah. Actually, what are your thoughts on that? Like having spring and summer kind of combined in wins and losses. I mean, it's
2: quite similar to what we do in EU and you know? all because, I mean, in the sense that we still do like the championship points thing to seed yeah. into summer playoffs. Mm-hmm. For them, it's kind of like, yeah, there's no points, but, Kind of like in thought, the format is is quite similar, but the problem with that is that I feel like when you get to game number forty-five in summer split, people kind of lose interest, you know? Because I'm like, holy shit, there's still like twenty games to go, and it's yeah. I, it feels like I I I just feel overwhelmed, you know? I, I'm gonna watch ten teams play like sixty games, and I'm like, mm. it it loses it loses value because even in EU, I always felt like over the over the years there's always like a dip in like week five or six when there it's, is it's yeah. kind of like. Yeah, it's everyone's battle and then when it's week 8 or 9 when there's like a lot more important games and Starts people to pick up again, Yeah, yeah cuz they're like yeah, now you get to see uh who makes it and who doesn't make it like the storyline is more like um developed. Yeah. And then yeah, there's just there just feels like there's more value to all the games and I feel like with NA, A, the whole summer split there's like an even bigger dip cuz now it's like since there's so many games, imagine from like week 3 to like week 7 in an A there's like okay, these teams have already played like 20, 30 games and it's still a shit show, you know, up until like week nine. And yeah, it just feels like there's no like reward for watching all of those games. Yeah, I think the thing for me is that just as someone
0: who occasionally watches, I think that like it's really daunting when you come in to check and see on what's going on in NA and you see like 25-17 on a yeah. scoreline. It's like, what, is that? what does that mean, right? And maybe like it gets more normal as as this system continues for a couple of years or, or not, I, mean, I don't know what their plan is with it. Um, but for me, it's really easy to tell immediately in an LEC game just because there's so few games, right? It's only 18 games. So it's pretty easy to tell, oh, this team is at least middle of the pack if they have like eight yeah. wins in week six. But mm. when you have 25, 26 win- wins, if you haven't seen the full context of the yeah, standings, exactly. it's like, what does 26, 17 mean? Like, what Yeah, you don't that even good? know if they're like top three or top four. <laughs> yeah, <are> like, <laughs> you can't, you can't that...
1: find recency in their wins either, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can look up their games. But if I, you show me a team that's like... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, eight and five. I can already kind of guess. Well, it started in summer split. They're doing pretty well recently, you know? Whereas if they're like 26 15, it's like, well, were they good in spring or are they good in summer now? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's
2: the thing with Immortals where I think they're like 18 26 or something. Mm. But if you take their like last 10 games of like summer, or this was like up until this week, they're like seven and two or they were like seven and three, but the record is like 18 25. And you're like, well, they're really bad. But in reality, like based on their recent results, they're not so bad. Mm. Yeah,
0: oh, it's it's kind of weird. I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs. I I can't say that I hundred percent understand the format. But I will say that Cadril would have made playoffs. <laughs> Are you sure?
1: Yeah, I finished seventh seventh many times in my life. There you go.
2: Oh, actually, that's so depressing.
1: Seven is definitely my lucky <laughs> number. On, <laughs> although all this on on a side <laughs> note, on depressing fun fact,
0: um, someone someone I know shared this kind of this this study on Olympic medalists, and they found that like the, they're the two happiest people on the podium the gold medal winner and the bronze medal winner yep because the bronze medal winner is just happy to be there the gold person won it all and the silver is the person who sits there going god damn it what if yeah that's top three though
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i know but sadly for our friend odo he has a similar experience you're the silver silver medalist oh true. Oh, but i have have even worse one even more it's kind of like rivaling cadres thing yeah you know for like the past four years or five years i was the first team to get kicked out of worlds Mm. i was always the team that loses gauntlet
0: Mm. for like five years straight. i know i cast a lot of third place matches with you and them i was i was like i was my i was always the guy cast so many third place matches (laughs) for so many seasons i was like i was like
1: you know what at least my boy odo is gonna be there it's gonna be me odo and either Fnatic or splice or whoever else yeah (laughs) yeah no i also hold the record for um, having eight wins in a regular season and not making
2: playoffs—that's my other record. <laughs> that was last year. Oh man, dark <laughs> times. times. Yeah. Okay, um, but would you rather have eight wins and and like miss playoffs after like a really, really neck and neck battle for like? Everything? You were the
1: one that took my spot in Schalke, wasn't it? The
2: the miracle run i mean true but the storyline my storyline beats yours i just story?
1: realized he's right next to me i mean
2: i made your career kind of no now you're a caster you have the nice storyline going in never made playoffs it's kind well, of like your charm what if i did make playoffs yeah then i'd still be wait he's
0: I'd, the faker to your ryu you know where would you be if you hadn't been solo killed in that set but apparently
1: the ryu clips watched every 10 seconds of it or something <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so you're famous like ryu's famous
1: you're like the faker to my ryu <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow
1: look at this connection all right, we have all right,
2: all right. <laughs> that's crazy oh man I mean if you guys miss playoffs it's kind of on you guys I, I had 0.4% chance to make playoffs when I started I
1: had a 96% chance yeah
2: oh, no, that was in that
1: oh. split <laughs> oh
0: man now <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> look you know what unlucky um, uh, alright now I have to bring it back as so much as I've enjoyed talking about things totally unrelated to next to, to, to me OAC. this whole time
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Screw it! Speaking of making playoffs, who who the hell is getting six? That's that's the question in my mind. Uh, running through the standings real quick right now: Fnatic and Rogue both tied at ten and three, Misfits nine four, Mad Lions eight five, G 2 2 way tie between Astralis Team Vitality at five and eight. Then you've got Excel and SK two way tie for eighth at four and nine. Everyone feels like they're just leaning Vitality, assuming Vitality is going to be sixth place. What do, what do you think? What's your experience, Beno? Who who's
2: I mean, I'm actually kind of sad because I feel like once Excel made their subs, they were actually they were actually good. I feel like their last four losses were kind of wins up until the point they lost. Mm. And I don't know, they just look so much better. And it's just kind of kind of sad. And I feel like, and it's like the most disappointing is for them, obviously, because I feel like they're having good games. They just end up losing and I feel like they would have been a nice sixth place team to like kind of
0: mm-hmm.
2: to kind of get the last playoff spot in that sense. And I mean I, I still feel like they can make it because I I think they're just they're just pretty good um is but this, now it's like i don't know i don't know if they have enough games left to make it or how their like morale is after you get like four bad losses when you are playing so good is this speaking from their stage games or scrims as well that they're just improved a lot i think i think it's mostly stage games i don't think we scream them a lot i feel like maybe we scrimmed them one time and they were like fine hmm. but just solely based on their stage play i feel like once you, you got the subs in their level changed like drastically. They're just so much better, so much more aggressive, so much more cohesive. They're just kind of throwing at some point, like at a really bad point in the game, and then they just end up losing. But I feel like their level of play increased significantly. Yeah, I agree. It was
0: kind of tragic this weekend too. We had the the Marcun Viego game where he kind of just like went all in, totally got caught out. And I think while his Diana has been popping, like he was falling, that was one of the first times we've really seen him fall behind in a game. He really struggled to convert that and in general, I agree with you. Like Nuke Duck looks like a new player again, which is such a pleasure to see because it, like, I, they were putting him on a zero at the start of the season, and that was just every game just felt like Nuke Duck versus the world mm-hmm. uh, in the late game. So the progress is there. Good news for Excel is their next three games are not that bad in terms of strength schedule. Shalco Vitality this week. Uh, how,
1: how many wins are they on four? You said right? they're on four. Yeah,
0: so it's definitely it's not by any means easy. You guys are already locked, obviously, alongside Fnatic, but um and they'll. They start winning and all the teams around them start losing very quick. It's going to be hard to lock that in because even if they beat Schalke, Vitality, Astralis, their last two opponents are you know you guys and G2. So yeah, that's hard. That's a that's a brutal finish to the split. So I mean, definitely we overuse the word miracle run, but that those last two days, if they can find an upset, are going to be big. But uh, I think certainly difficult to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Excel <coughs> is 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 kind of hard. I think it sucks for both um, Excel and SK honestly when they've been. Just trying to get a proper, you know, trying to get a roster together, trying to get a squad together. SK, you know, obviously self inflicted from the org to a certain degree, but for the players, it sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are kind of the two tragedies. But Astralis, I assume there's no believers in the Astralis hype train. Not here. Not here. Yeah. All right. Is this, is this, but they're still in the running, guys. I mean, It depends on,
2: <laughs> on the strength of schedule, I guess. They're on
1: five wins, right? <laughs> they're on five wins, so is Vitality. That's a good question. What is their strength of schedule? Do you have that? Yeah,
0: um, I, can, I can just look at it right now. Because while,
1: while you're doing that, I think the biggest thing for XL was last weekend, they lost to, to SK. Yeah. yeah. And I think if they had beaten SK, which would have been expected, they'd be at five wins as well right now, right? Mm-hmm. So those three wins are doable, and then all of a sudden, they're still tied for sixth. Just that loss might come back to bite them in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the good news for Astral is, is
0: actually that their strength of schedule is is actually just great, kind of. Okay. To be honest, Um, I'm starting to think that Astralis might make playoffs. Uh, Mad Lions, Schalke this week, so let's say like mid, medium hard, right? Okay. Week eight is Astralis, SK Vitality. Wait, aren't they Astralis? They're Astralis. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Vitality, SK XL. I don't know why I said Astralis.
1: (laughs) They play themselves. They play themselves.
2: Um, Okay, that's doable. As far as strength schedule goes, that's one of the easiest strengths of schedules yeah, that I mean, I'm seeing. I mean, you can drop game versus mad, and then if you just beat it, like, if they win against Vitality, that's kind of like their big game, because they, yeah, you just knock them out in a way. They have five games left.
1: Yeah, everyone has five games they left. have five wins. So they can afford to drop two of those games.
0: No, you've learned. They they would like to get to nine wins. Yeah, <laughs> but the eight, eight, eight is still doable.
1: Tiebreaker, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Okay, well, do you want to sell tickets to the Astralis hype train? I, I don't. You don't? I don't. Okay, so you don't know. But wait, to but over. here here's
0: the thing, is that they also, they're 1-0 up on XL, Shalka, SK, and Vitality. Oh, Jesus.
2: So, so, th- so they, their games won this I guess everyone else who they're <laughs> playing now in the next two
0: weeks. So they're head-to-head head pretty good right now. Second half counted for more, but to, uh, we, huh. to, to, the, to the stars to the stars boys yeah. to the stars
2: um, I mean surprised, but to but but in a way it's 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 not that like shocking you know compared to spring their level is like a lot a lot higher sure and yeah I feel like they started the split pretty well then they just dropped every single game and I think they started like 2-1 no and they were like 3-2 three, yeah. three, after week 2 or something like that but I mean the improvement is there they're playing a lot better but it's weird that <laughs> We're even considering putting like Astralis over Vitality, uh, I'd say, but mm. the strength of schedule just kind of like favors them massively. Mm. Yeah. But I still I still expect Vitality, you know, to kind of pick up games again because they put Shigenda back and I feel like they're better uh, with him than with SLT. And yeah, I mean, it, it kind of all comes down to the head to head against Astralis and I don't know. Also, vitality schedule because if they have like yeah, like Fnatic, G two, Mad has so their last five games, then that's also a bit doomed. They've cleared Fnatic and G two already. They have you guys in Rogue,
0: or so you guys, Jesus, Misfits and Rogue are the are obviously the two the two big ones. But they've got Schalke,
2: Astralis, XL. So I mean, it's doable for them. Like they can yeah, they can drop game against. It's in week eight. Yeah, I mean, they can drop game against us. Maybe beat Misfits, for example, and then if they beat everyone else, it's like yeah, it's the same story. Uh, You just get head-to-head against, or like you get your win against Astralis, you knock them down one place, and then that's kind of like all you need.
1: Mm. And if you think of the standings right, the sixth place team, we probably expect that team to be knocked out in round one, because I feel like when you look at the top five, Misfits, small exception maybe, I just feel like there's a big drop-off or a big separation. Maybe you could even argue top four if you don't count Misfits for now, of like Mad Rogue, Fennec G2, where it's like those four teams or five teams are just so good that there's like a drop-off point. Where any of those four or five teams could beat each other, then you look at the sixth downward. It's like, yeah, that's the drop off. Do you kind of see that as well?
2: Yeah, in a sense, I feel like it's always hard to to make a big a big come a breakthrough when you're uh, when you're sixth, unless someone's having like a big form dip towards the end of the split. Um, yeah. Even with Schalke, like when we made it uh, last year, I, who did we even play? We played. Um, SK in the first round of playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it was SK. I think I think it was different format. SK was fifth, no? SK y- was fifth, yeah. and you were sixth, right? Well, it's weird, as we got seeded against them, but I guess it was like a different format or something. But no, no, it should have been the same it's 5 same six and losers bracket. Five-six
0: right? losers bracket.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, that was when they tried to do it is the, doable, like the, for the crown
0: shot Jinx lane swap. I think was that series. Yeah, right? yeah,
2: yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you can win first round and then when you get with, with the big boys, that's kind of hard because I feel like it's always been like every split or year like this. The top four is like so, so insanely good. And then, yeah, you're just kind of looking to break through and kind of make a miracle and just take games off of the top teams. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the same story right now. I feel like even if you make playoffs, um, yeah, obviously it's an, ach- an achievement to make playoffs, but um, it's kind of hard to make a deeper run. Yeah. Do you feel
0: like do you feel like in terms of what Cage was talking about? Do you feel like it's uh, the top four? I feel like that's what a lot of people look at: is Fnatic, Rogue, Mad G two. It's just the the natural top four that like you need to be able to beat these teams if you want to have a shot at the title. These are the four best teams in the league. Is it a top three? Should one of those teams not be included? Is it a top like does Misfits get added? in? Is it a top five? How do you look at the actual top of the LEC when it comes to who really has a shot? Let's say at, at taking
2: the crown. Yeah, I mean, Mrs. for sure is the the dark horse here just because they're like really good form and now they're starting to like drop games a lot and and yeah and i don't know mad is kind of inconsistent still i feel like um they're still dropping games that i feel like they shouldn't drop against teams and um i mean for sure top three is is actually it, it's funny to say top three is kind of solid with g2 when g2 is under mad in standings yeah um uh, but I don't know. The thing about G2 is like everyone's like super hyped about G2 because they're two-0 against us because we're just kind of boosted when we're playing them. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah, if the if they were like one-one or like they wouldn't have this like two-0 record, then um, they wouldn't get like this many like second chances, you know, to kind of prove everyone that like yeah they're still here and all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. I guess in a way it's it's deserved. But yeah, it would have changed the perspective a lot. I feel like I mean yeah, and. The, the safe bet is like, yeah, top four is pretty locked with um us, Mad Lions, Fnatic, and, and G2 because it's kind of hard to put Mad or G2 outside of that top four because yeah. uh, I feel like they have good performances that kind of makes them in there and then it's like, yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's just top four. I
1: Everyone's guess. going through the like, little phases, aren't they? Where it's like Misfits is like becoming inconsistent, G2 is like... Are they really back in form? You know, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Mad Lions are like slumping a little bit as well. Yeah. It feels like uh, you guys against G2 seem to struggle no matter what. And I feel like <laughs> there's but, some... But
2: actually, it's crazy. Like, if you think, if you look at it, even in spring, if you look at the games in spring, it's exactly the same game in in the first phase of Round Robin, where like, yeah, it's a really close game, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And then the second game is just a, a stomp. stomp. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean... We don't really care, you know, it's just a random loss. I mean, you're boosted.
0: I think you, you'd probably care more, but you guys took the best of five now, right? So it's like,
2: if you can I mean, you can you get know, the best of five. I mean, in a way, it's like the thing is that it, there's like the card 014, blah, blah, blah. But even if it's 113, it's, it's still. It just doesn't make it look any better. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's even more depressing, actually, to be honest
0: because then what are you playing for you're playing to slightly improve your record as opposed to like break a curse you have yeah, to win yeah. like 12 it's, in a it's row it's to, like to that bring that it meme back.
2: With, the, with the guy that's like on the podium and he's like celebrating with champagne and stuff and then when it like pans out he's like the guy that's like third place or whatever and yeah. <laughs> that's us with like 113 that's how we, that's I, that's the only thing that's the only takeaway you can take just like this celebration meme
1: you play best of one in spring and summer you play twice right so it's four games a yeah. year you play each other yeah. in best of one so if you wanted to reverse it you'd have to play three years straight against g2 and win all 12 games yes. and then and you're even fifty yeah. percent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's like at this point, like, yeah, it's and just yeah, loose it was- and lose anyway. <laughs> Make it look funny. Yeah. Um. I mean, speaking of G two, the
0: last game I want to talk about before we focus in on Rogue is the Fnatic vs G two match. Um. Let's start with thoughts on the pauses, because while there was a game of League of Legends that happened, people were really fired up about these friggin pauses. Like I've mm. never. Seen more complaints about a pause in my life. Like season two silver scrapes memes. <laughs> People complained less about the pauses than they did for this series. Uh, both of you having been in these situations as pros, what's, what's, what's the thought about the, the mid team fight pause, the, the
1: other pause, the Bwipo monitor blackout pause? So I was reviewing the games uh, quite extensively. The second pause was nothing happened. The second pause did not absolutely nothing. If anything, it probably slightly helped G2 because Bwipo was running down the river. They paused. They didn't see him. Everyone was recalling on both sides. And then as they came game came back, he was running a straight line. G2 cancelled their base, hooked him and killed him. So yeah, the pause, second pause was useless. The first pause is debatable because maybe you can talk about this as well. It looked like Fnatic wanted to fight that and they were this close to going in. But Hillisang's Hex flash got like, cancelled or something. He did teleport forwards after the pause, I think it was, or something happened. But then, then as soon as the pause ended, they all started running away when they were in like position. Just before the pause, it looked like they were going in no matter what. Yeah. So I think there was a debate where because it was paused just that millisecond before Hillisand comboed in, they all just decided to run away afterwards. And then they only dropped like one member or they even went like one for two in the end. But then Mickey walked up making a mistake. It was two for two. And then it was kind of an even fight despite G2 getting dragon. Um, obviously, you can't talk in pauses, but you have five seconds on the countdown to say what to do. Is that something you think maybe Fnatic was like, oh, so just back.
2: Yeah, I mean, the five seconds before countdown is still... I feel like when you think about it, it shouldn't really be there. Because mm. like the the pause was there for like 10-15 minutes. You're all looking there. And then when you stop freaking out, you know that there's like fight-fight mode. You're just chilling there and you're like, oh, maybe we're just inting, you know. <laughs> and then we have five seconds. And everyone has been like thinking to himself for like 15 minutes about what's happening. And then you have five seconds in the pause when you can talk and you're like, it's so easy for anyone to say, okay, I think this is bad. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I think
1: you're completely right. So you're sitting there literally 15 minutes just for the viewers sake, you can't say anything to each other. You can maybe talk about the tech issues, but you can't say anything about the in-game stuff. So everyone has to think for themselves, like you said, but there's a a countdown. So when you unpause the game, it goes five, four, three, and in those five, four, three, you can talk, right? So you have five seconds of 15 minutes of everyone thinking individually. Where probably collectively you're all like, yeah, this is this. Is, let's evacuate the dance floor, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And yeah. they all run away. So yeah.
2: But also, it's, it's also weird how they pause because, um, I mean, I feel like there's not a not the best way in how you can like actually pause there because do you want to pause after the team fight or during the team fight? Because I feel like if you pause during the team fight, imagine there's like everyone on your team is fighting and then the one guy that like is dead or like saw a buck, he's like oh my god, there's a bug, pause, and then it's like the combs are going to shit really fast mm-hmm. and then it kind of takes the focus away from like everyone in the team and then they're like, oh, what happened and all of this, you know, and then you can say the bug and all of this stuff. But at the same time, if you wait for the team fight wipe and then you're like pausing and then you're like, uh, there was a bug, <laughs> and then there's like, and then there's the, the thing that they can like just chrono shift it back to before yeah, yeah. the team fight. Imagine the viewer backlash, how it would be, they would be like, Oh, they lost the fight, chrono shift bug? Ah, so it's like, yeah. when can you pause? Because I feel like no matter when you pause, it's it's a bad moment there's to a pause. way. Yeah, there's a way to interpret it negatively, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: And a lot of people thought that the pause was from Hilisang because his hex flash bugged, but the pause actually came from Niski, Hilisang told me. So Niski ran in his Irelia, I think he ulted in, dashed forwards, and then he got uh, condemned into the wall and absolutely one shot. He died in like a second or two. And then he paused saying that his W was bugged and he couldn't do it. Turned out he was stunned, so the pause was just Niski getting one shot and then instantly pausing. That's why it was paused uh, in the fight. Okay, I can see it. So Maybe there was two bugs like... in a pause, kind of, but Niski's wasn't and Hilesang's wasn't either. It's was just a
2: visual bug on the Everfrost. I mean, it's just the uh, the spectator bug, no? There's always expected like, spectator bug when like you see it. There's like people flying, yeah, sometimes randomly, but it was like, I mean, the moment even when I first saw the team fight, yeah. I mean, the the thing is. I think it was like the the annoying part of like high ground, low ground where mm. Gragas was on low ground and then he does Everfrost. So the Everfrost goes like through the terrain and yeah, you yeah. don't really get to see it. But like if you know the game, then you kind of know what the range would be, you know. And like, yeah. I mean, I saw it hit Hillisang and cancel his uh, his hex flash. But when it's high ground, low ground, half the time the stuff is just through the ground.
1: So it's really odd because Hillisang even said that it didn't cancel his hex flash. It looks like it cancels his hex flash, but what actually happened was he teleported into the wall. And then he was bugged for like a second or something. I mean, I saw when I saw something the replay, was, I
2: watched it, and there's literally, you see the thing above his mm. above his name, it says rooted.
1: Yeah, no, but apparently on his screen, he actually went forwards, and he was somehow in the wall for like a millisecond, something yeah, really yeah. weird. So I think there was something to do with big spectator bugs I on mean, visual I for sure it's spaghetti
2: code, but
0: yeah. <laughs> it's spaghetti. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. There's <laughs> definitely some spaghetti happening. I mean, regardless of the context, I think the bigger question was when is the right time to pause, and I think it's a good answer that like no matter what, there's room to interpret it negatively you yeah. know because i mean f-
2: the bigger the bigger problem is the thing we could t- tackle first right that five seconds where yeah. you can talk that should not be there yeah because sure. i think there is a world where but in, but in a way then there's like then even that situation is bad you know because you had 10-15 minutes everyone's thinking no one's on the same page all of a sudden the pause ends and then it's chaos everywhere everyone's like making a different decision than before yeah. the pause and all of this stuff so it's like yeah, I mean I feel like maybe you should just take an L and just pause after the the critical moment of the play. I mean it's it's I think it's really hard, right? Because obviously
0: I think the big fear that a lot of people have is that this is stuff is gonna get exploited for competitive advantage. And then, I mean, if
2: it's a bug, then yeah, you, but you like, should chrono shift anyway because it's a bug. But if there's no bug, then I think that's nothing the changes, no? Then you yeah. still lose the team fight. It's it's nothing new.
0: Yeah. I honestly I don't know enough about this. Maybe we can have
1: one of the the league ops people on to talk about pauses because... I do think that naturally pausing after the fight is probably slightly always better because if you pause during the fight, it changes in the moment decision making. Whereas if the fight's concluded and it gets chrono break and it was a bug, then it shouldn't have happened in the first place. And if it wasn't a bug, the fight's already won. so.
0: Yeah, and I think it depends on the scale of the bug too, right? Like, because it could be game-changing. Like, there was, like, the set or whatever hex flash bug. Like, if you you, imagine you're a set on your team playing out an entire team fight without flash. What do you say to your team? Like, hey, guys, I don't have flash. Just, like, grief it because we're going to pause after this fight. Like, depending on the scale of the bug, you know what I mean? Because, like, you not having access to some cooldown or even a hex flash, right, getting canceled or not getting canceled in this case can be, like, game-defining. So you're just supposed to sit there and be like, well, I think it was a bug, but will you just shut up in team comms and go know that you're going to pause it afterwards? I think it's like, it's, I don't know if there's ever like a clean choice, right? It's probably pretty contextually. I mean, it's kind of
2: your responsibility, know. Like if you don't have flash before the fight, and I mean, the thing is, the moment you notice the thing, yeah, you yeah. pause. So, For sure. Like, if you choose to ignore it, then you don't get to be whiny after and be like, oh, I didn't have flash, we should have paused. It's always been like this, no? You notice a bug, you pause. And also at the same time, I feel like, the problem with like all of these bugs, there's so many times where like coaches or someone sees a bug and then you can't like pause, you know, because the players, like when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't notice anything, you know, yeah. like when there's like a small bug or something that happens. And I feel like I've seen so many games when where uh, there are bugs like this, but there's just no one to pause, you know. I feel like the league ops, they're not pausing because, I mean, yeah. Yep. Coaches don't really, I think they don't even have a keyboard <laughs> to pause. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this whole... Posting, it could be a bit more defined. a bit out. Yeah, and maybe this is the game that kind of gets that started.
0: Um, s- taking away from the, from the pause for a second, actual thoughts in this game, excluding the pauses. Fnatic, now 2-0 over, over G2. Tied with you in the standings. Like, what is this game? Does this game actually mean anything? Should, we, should people be concerned about G2 again after losing this team? Is Fnatic just a better team? Is it just a best of one? Like, what does this game actually mean in the grand scheme of things?
1: Uh, I don't think it means too much, to be honest. I think regular season games never really matter. Especially, like you said, you know, losing to G2 in regular season doesn't matter. I think there's a lot they can learn from it because I think that their draft was kind of weird where... I mean, I think their first rotation of like Thresh, Lucian, Diana was really strong because you can have like basically winning jungle matchup, winning mid, winning bot. But then they picked Vayne bot into Tristana. Uh, and obviously, Mickey died level 1, which sucked. But I think you'd have push for the first couple of levels, but then it's really hard to lane when you're playing Vayne, Thresh. Even upset setting into you afterwards, like... They first picked Trash, and then they picked a losing lane, so it didn't really make sense for them in the draft. But the vein makes sense into things like Mundo, you know? Um, and then the card, last pick from Fnatic was great. I think uh, playing cards into uh, Lucian vein is <laughs> it's really broken. <laughs> Even if you're griefing the game, the second you get two items, all, you're, all you have to do is just flash into a fight or just walk into the enemy team and press R. You know, it sounds really basic, but it just gives so much space to your team. Yep. Um, so much space for the Tristana to do whatever she wants because she outranges them both, right? So... Um, I think both teams drafted really well. It was quite a close game up until a point where I think G2 dropped the ball, made mistakes, Jankos got caught. It was after the second pause. And then they got Baron all of a sudden. And I think once they get Baron, it's it's really hard to play. Um yeah. Um not too much to take away, I think, just in terms of in-game meta stuff. I think there's a lot, but for regular season, for standings, for
2: narrative, there's really nothing, I think. Yeah, same boat. Yeah, I mean it's just it's like ego win, I guess. It boosts your ego. You're like, yeah, we beat G two. You get to show off in a way i mean it's good for morale for sure but at the end of the day it's just a, it's just a win you know um i don't think g2 is like in g2 is like scared of not making playoffs I mean, yeah. i guess in a way it's like mathematically they're like in like with the boys there with everyone's kind of like trying to make playoffs and stuff but i mean realistically it's just form for playoffs no um you even saw what was it in NA? I think at one point it was like Immortals eighteen or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get three zeroed by TSM. That was like sixth place or whatever. <laughs> I think going into that playoffs so is just like, yeah. I mean, as long as you're in form and you have good takeaways from games like this, then you shouldn't really be concerned. You know, you're not as long as you're not sweating or like you desperately need wins to to yeah. just get enough wins to make playoffs.
1: Mm. And I think that if you are thinking of regular season, I think there is a small impact. Let's say G two won that game. You know. Yeah. Fnatic are now at nine wins tied with Misfits. Let's say Rogue and Misfits finish 1 2. Now all of a sudden, G2 Fnatic are 3 4. So if you're Rogue, you have to choose between G2 Fnatic, you know, or, or like let's say, you know, Fnatic comes second in the split and Rogue is uh, G2's third. Now G2 at uh, Rogue's. I'm complete. It's <laughs> <I'm laughs> v- bottom line. It can affect your So basically, there's a, there's a world where you guys choose Misfits, for example, yeah. and Fnatic finishing second gets G2, you know, because the second team obviously has to take the third of the They're fourth remaining. but the other team doesn't choose. Um, so I think that's the only real impact it could have, that win. If yeah. um if, if Fnatic finished second and Rogue finish first. I mean it's definitely something that's good to track, although for Rogue they have um
0: second most championship points. So yeah. if if you can finish first, I think even probably even second, depending on where Mad finished, you guys are pretty set up to to take first seed heading into playoffs, which is which is good. Obviously a big thing. Let's talk a little bit about Rogue. Tied with Fnatic right now. They're two two versus G two. You're oh two versus G two. Oh no, Odo. Oh, no. Um <laughs> who's the better team? Let's let's compare and contrast for Fnatic right now. I think that um overall you guys have been ludicrously consistent in regular season right you guys were tied first in spring first in 2020 20 summer you're on another run for first you guys are like the kings of best of one it feels like not a great title i know kind of a sh- <laughs> kind of a trash what a, title, what a cringe title. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but we got to add it to the weak side machine and the ginger god slash ginger dog you know we yeah. got to we got to get them all in there hi so how are you feeling about you versus fanatic and kind of being at the top of the table
2: um I mean, I think it's I think it's deserved. Fnatic found their form uh, heading into summer. I feel like um, upset is kind of unleashed. Their bot lane is like a big factor of why they're they're uh, they're winning so much. I think Niski's having a good split. Um, I just think that they just gel together well. They found the they found what they like to play for and all of this stuff. And I think they're playing to their win conditions very well. Everyone does his job. Um, they're a bit more chaotic than us. They like to. Just flip stuff more than us or like just have fiestas and stuff yeah, but everyone's on the same page, so it kind of works for them um I think it's gonna be an interesting matchup because uh, we have them this week so yep. it's gonna be an interesting clash of styles um I always I mean even if it wasn't us, I still always uh, favor the the team that is like more consistent mm-hmm. just because on paper or like if you like try to visualize it you're like yeah this is how they win this is what they were gonna do and stuff like this while with fanatic it's just like yeah they fight (laughs) they fight and then they win so it's like yeah you can make the argument that they fight well so they get wins from that but it's not like you know pen and paper they're just yeah it's not like they're just super consistent. Minions always these do games. this.
0: Towers are always
2: worth that. This yeah. objective is
0: always worth that. Much easier to calculate than they fight, where there's room for mistakes. Room yeah, for I mean flips. it's on us
2: to to keep the game in control, you know, and not uh, going to full fiesta. But for sure, they're good. I think they're they're deserved at the top of the table. Everyone just doing really well on their team, and yeah, I don't really have any any negatives except from the fi- from the fact that they fight a lot <laughs> i mean even even last last, last week what was it Buipo gets like quadra kill level 3 yeah and lane yep. against the straws <laughs> i mean yeah you see games like that and you're like i mean that's just fanatic winning games yeah, yeah. 6
1: 60 six viego at minute 7 or 8 <laughs> no I, I think i think Odom is completely right i think it's like they're a chaotic team but i think the meta kind of suits them really well you know especially when the early stages of the meta were things like you know rumble set nocturne and now it's transitioning to things like, you know, Viego, Gwen. Uh, even if they want to play things like, you know, Jace, Renekton, anything, Wukong top. And then all in bots with like Tristana. Um, they just play lots of scrappy champions. And I think their lanes are willing to move whenever they want, whenever they can, instant move.
2: I mean, there's so much crazy shit that's happening in those fanatic games. Like, I, I think I've seen, what was it, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I see Adam on Olaf, mm-hmm. was playing like like lane abusive champion, like the most monkey champion in I know. the game. <laughs> yeah. And he pushes top. I think it was first three waves. Runs to bot crab. <laughs> yes. Does not base. Does not TP top. Runs back top. One base behind. And I think he dropped like two waves. But and goes- that's just... That's just... Fanatic in a nutshell. They're just <laughs> doing shit. <laughs> and yeah. everyone's like willing to help each other out. But it's like... So extreme.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah it's like Band of Brothers but you're like taking a bullet, it, 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 a it, bullet for no it, reason it, it's, it's not
2: like he's playing <laughs> like you know brother Orn and he's like come brother Orn help me out here and it's like yeah I'm just gonna build an item in lane he's playing Olaf who wants to just fist fight people and he's like <laughs> Yeah, I can I can just <laughs> run around the map. It's yeah. fine.
1: They just drop waves and run everywhere. That was against Shalka. They lost that game, actually. That's their only loss in the last 11 games. So they're 10 and 1. It was that game that they lost. I remember, yeah, he ran all the way down to bot crab to make sure they could contest it. And then he lost like two waves top. But that's just kind of like Fnatic in a nutshell. You know, if you know enemy jungles pathing to the same side as you, they're probably going to drop waves to make sure they can contest it. Because I think, but, yeah, getting double crabbed is the only games I've ever seen Whippo get double crabbed, I think, off the top of my head, is when he's playing Cartus, which kind of makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. they're always going to fight for it. And he won one of those Carthus games up against Inspired.
2: Yeah, Rumble. Uh, that's because uh, the the brother Renekton, instead of just chilling, he's trying to hit enemy tower at five minutes <laughs> <laughs> in game. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember then you get ganked on the, fir- oh, after the first. Oh, but it was so clear. unlucky, you know. Like I'm, like I'm like, I'm like, I'm super strong. Inspired, you want to invade Krags here, and then he says Krags are not up. That's what he said. He said Krags are not up, but he didn't tell me Krags are up in ten. <laughs> and Carthus is probably going to do those cracks when they're up in 10 so I'm just like, well okay I'm just going to hit tower, because the thing is, my thought process there was like, I have like two waves hitting, you know yeah, so yeah, if yeah. Wukong auto attacks me once, he's going to take like 200 damage just from minions, so I'm just like yeah, trading one auto for like, all that minion aggro and I'm just, because I wanted to hit the tower to bait him to hit me, you know mm-hmm. but the thing is, Carthus was just chilling there <laughs> yeah, oh. so, TP
1: Carthus coming in hot <laughs> just runs behind him. you, gets a kill, then he full clears gang spot. Yeah. Basis, TPs behind them. And yeah, after them that, <laughs>
2: the game was like, yeah, through my lead, game's out of control. Carthus got free early game. So, yeah, I think yeah.
1: when Carthus has, like, TP, ult, and you have Wukong, Lucian on side lanes, I think no one can really match it, especially when you're playing, like, Jace Rennington. Like, the all yeah. in is just, it's impossible. It's uh, brutal. I could see the idea behind the combo where you're playing, like, Ash Rumble. You yeah. know, Karthus steps into river once, he should be, he should be punished. I mean,
2: especially without Flash.
1: Yeah, he should have been punished probably a lot more that game, yeah. but I think there was only one time you managed to do it on
2: mid-tower where he died. I mean, the thing is, when I make such a bad, bad death on top, it kind of just ruins the tempo of the whole game, you know? Because yeah. then you're, like, kind of struggling. You're not winning a st- top super hard anymore where you can just play like a monkey and then you can get to invade or, like, play more, more loose, you know? Then you're kind of, like playing as you're even when your champion is supposed to be ahead, you know. Yeah. So, like, after that, they just, screw, just screwed the whole tempo of the game.
1: Yeah, and I think when you're playing, like, lanes, let's let's take that game, for example, you have, like, Renekton versus Wukong and then Jace versus Lucian, like, kind of volatile AD lanes, where if one of them gets ahead, it's kind of doomed for the other. Yeah. And the enemy team has Carthus, you have lots of tempo in the early game, right? So you can probably abuse that, because Carthus can't ever step into river.
2: Yeah, your 2v2s are always slower. So
1: Exactly, right? So you should always be first to the play, but then if the Carthus can just free farm and nothing happens, or even if you lose a, a kill... It's, it's like a recovery game where you're on yeah. a timer where cartes just get stronger yeah. and stronger and stronger and you have to force things and it gets to the point where you overforce die and the game's over. So
0: Yeah, nothing like being um, able to cast spells while you're dead, huh? Sure makes it <laughs> sure makes it great. You just go full <laughs> AP and just walk in,
1: no fear. You even saw it last time, um, G2 versus Fnatic, where G2, I think their whole top side was like 2, 1, and 3, all of them, yep. and the, the cartes was like 0, 3, 0, 4. But then you just kind of like slowly make mistakes. Carthus picks up one or two kills. You miss up a team fight. And then all of a sudden it's it's kind of doomed. Um, yeah. Guaranteed all. Guaranteed. You know, Wall of Pain. Also just a ludicrously powerful
0: ability. Actually, it's so OP. Now that I think about it, it's just like... It's, just it's like this. And then imagine
1: being Vayne and Lucian. You have to and, walk and through like, that to hit a Tristana. And also the
2: hitbox is not even like on, on the wall. I no, feel like it always a, it's hits a you like behind, it's a fatty behind hitbox. the hitbox. I also
1: think they should change it to like similar where Nivia Like level 1 W is kind of small. It does. You know? It does. It's small. It gets bigger. Really? With bigger with points. Yeah. When I That's play scientists, it feels huge already. It's it big at level, level one, one. I mean, I mean, but it does big get bigger. It's sure. like yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, screen yeah. level one already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm actually double checking now. Now I'm, <a>, I'm <laughs> double checking. <laughs> <level one already. laughs> yeah. Does it, does yeah, it increase we'll, with? We'll we'll
0: find out. I'll find out. More like
1: technical moment here. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: gets bigger. It starts at 800 though, and
1: it goes up to 1200. Yeah, but okay, like five points, 400 difference. Yeah. It's like, like less than 100 per level. Yeah, you can't, yeah. 100 per level, yeah. 800, 900. Whereas Anivia's is like this level one and then the whole, you know, Rift level five. <laughs> it's still <laughs> smaller than
2: Cartus double. Uh, what is it, W? Yeah, Cartus W. Yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think Anivia max, uh, max rank wall is still smaller than... It's
1: like 1100, I think. Anivia lives matter.
2: Yep. Now,
0: I mean, that's a full wall that blocks, but the difference is if you walk through Karthus' wall, you're probably also dead. That's the... Why does it reduce? It does mm. so much. Why does it do so much? That's the big question. The
1: thing is, we were talking to Upset. He said something really interesting. We were talking to him about Worlds. There's only three teams that go to Worlds. What he said was, we asked him, you know, there's four teams. We talked about the top four, you know, Mad, G2, Fnatic, Rogue. Who's going to make it to Worlds, you think? And he said pretty, no, I wouldn't say confidently, but in a comfortable way, he was like, yeah, I think, I think Rogue will be the team who don't make it. I think that Mad, Fnatic, G2 will be the teams that make it. Because I hate Odo. That's what he said. He said I mean, so he's, he's,
2: hate- he's just a bit of a jelly hater, but that's just him. <laughs> I, mean, I don't really care about what he's saying. Like it's kind of like he's saying it, but he doesn't really believe it. You know, he just mm. does it for like the controversy, I guess. I think well, oh, is this, well, you is this like, what you
1: say? Is this what you say? Fnatic's gonna be the team that doesn't make it.
2: No, I think Fnatic <laughs> makes it. If I have to put my money on someone who doesn't make it, it's probably Mad. Uh,
1: yeah, I would agree. Actually,
0: I think that's fair. But I would like to, because I do think that um, Upset's point was interesting. So I'd love his core point was that and this is one we've heard from Rogue before, was that he felt like of, of the four teams, Rogue were the most predictable. He said, you guys are really good, but never did you do anything in games where it was like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. It's like, oh, they did the cross map like expected. They just did it really well, or they, they did X, they did Y. He didn't go into super big detail, but I'd love to know what you think about about that, about being the the quote-unquote like, textbook team and the team that's not going to do anything crazy. What do you think about I mean, that assessment? It is
2: predictable, but at the same time, I think, bar like one or two games against the top teams, I feel like most of the time we're getting such big leads, and every time we lose, it's because we throw like by ourselves. It's not like, yeah, we're like predictable for a whole year, but our team's really punishing that. Mm-hmm. Not really. We're still getting like five, ten k goal leads against everyone. Um, even against Fnatic, I think we threw our game because we just we just gave Nash a twenty just because we got caught and. I mean, we're predictable, but at the same time, we're doing by-the-book stuff, so mm-hmm. it's not like there's counterplay to it, you know. Because there's yeah. like a lot of thought in like how we play, do our macro and stuff. And on top of that, every lane is like super ahead most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, if you can find the small gap you have to make a play on us, then props to you. You you got it. But it's not like we're going even in early game. And then we're predictable, so there's, like, counterplay. By the time, I feel like every time there is like, minute 10, we're already, like, 2 or 3K goal ahead. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's predictable, but it's kind of hard to do stuff against, like, good macro in a way. You kind of have to, like, against... I feel like, for example, our our style against Fnatic should be even better because when you have stuff like Adam dropping two ways to go to both crab, all you have to do is just not fight the crab and then let them do this play, like, 3 or 4 or 5 times, and they're just bleeding CS everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like... Yeah, they're unpredictable and they're doing a lot of crazy stuff. But at the same time, you can just choose not to fight,
1: not get sucked into
2: it. Yeah, exactly. You just have to to. Like, I mean, we even have a call sometimes. Our call is when like games get like super crazy like this. We're just like, yeah, just let them end. And all you have to do is just chill and just wait for them to keep doing stupid stuff, and you'll just win by default. You know? Mm, okay. I, I like mean, that. but I, I see their point. Um, being predictable is not so great. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we're as predictable as he says i think we're predictable in the sense that we always go for good macro plays mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like we find counterplay for every single thing they do on you know, terms of like macro perspective you know like if they yeah. want to do this trade or whatever we just we just we just trade it or like we do other stuff because you see so many teams that are just like yeah it's eight minutes let's swap for herald you know but I feel like with us, there's so many times where we just get give herald and we take so many plays and so much gold on the map and waves and everything. And then the trade is just bad, you know? Yeah. So you read the context better.
1: But something I yeah. have I have noticed from Rogue is like there's <coughs> two mistakes I've just seen throughout the regular split. There's one is just kind of overpushing sides, which I think is stopped a lot, where you kind of like overpush side or, or Larsen and you just get caught randomly. And now the second thing I noticed is like, you, you're correct, I think you get massive early game leads. But when it comes like 15, 20 minutes and tier ones are down, I feel like you guys drop the ball a little bit sometimes where like you lose a couple members or you like lose a couple kills just randomly for no reason um whether it's like you're not on the same page you have too many ideas floating around like over communication is there a reason or do you see that kind of trend happening where you're like three four k or gold up i don't know there's no neutral objectives you're just kind of getting randomly caught in mid or just randomly caught in the jungle just unnecessary deaths
2: yeah i think it's mostly from i wouldn't say it's like too many ideas flying around um, I just think that when you're, like, so ahead, everyone's, like, so, like, willing to push their lead and get creative, you know, with things we do that we kind of, yeah, overplay, I guess. Overconfident, in a way? wouldn't really say overconfident, but we're just, I mean, I think the trend slowly stops. I think we had this a lot in, like, spring and also beginning of summer. We were just kind of, like, throwing a bit more than usual. But I just think that we're a bit over eager to, to do things, you know, instead of just... Um, Instead of just chilling and waiting to like all be five, you know, we're just trying to push our leads individually a bit too much. Mm. So, because it sounds like, so it sounds like obviously you
0: guys are valuing very much the, the quote unquote textbook macro and kind of the discipline that comes with it. But is it just hard when you're playing, I guess, so many strong early game champions when you're drafting to set up these winning lanes to build these early game leads, I guess, to just... Is it hard once you get the lead? Because it sounds like it's pretty easy for you guys when you don't have the lead, when you're getting lead early game, when Adam's going to rotate down for crab to just go, this guy's inting back off. Does it just get harder and harder uh, the more that you get into the game and the bigger these leads go to just like take your foot off the gas and play it out slow, play it out clean?
2: I wouldn't say it's hard because I feel like the moments we die or like we kind of start throwing a bit is when there's like no neutral objectives up because I feel like when it comes to neutral and stuff, our setups are like are pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, I think when we start playing for, like, tier twos and stuff like this and controlling enemy jungle, there's sometimes where we, like, drop the ball, like, less often now than before. But, yeah, I mean, it's something we were, like, we were, like, always aware about. Um, I think it happened a lot in in spring towards the end, even in, like, playoffs. That's kind of, like, one of the reasons we lost the finals, I think. We just, yeah, we just dropped the ball once we got leads in, in mid-game with, like, our map setup and stuff. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I think it's stopped now. I think it's better. Um, yeah, we still throw sometimes, but it's just like sometimes teams just do good plays and, and all of this. But not really too concerned about it. Um, internally, we're like a lot happier with how we play our mid game now in like 15, 20 minutes. And I don't really have any like concerns over it. Yeah. So, what's
0: the what's the big focus then moving forward, looking ahead? Obviously, towards best of five, as you guys are already locked for playoffs, and still a lot of games to fight to secure first seed. Um, but what is what are you guys thinking about when you think about best of five? When you think about getting into that, is that something that you guys are are super focused on? Because um, we talk a lot about you know, burnout and peaking at the right time. We talk about Mad Lions. We talk about G2 is another team that's dealt with this a lot. Like how how are you guys doing? How is progress for your team going? How what are you guys doing to make sure that you are coming into playoffs best form possible? What does that look like?
2: Um I think individually we're also maybe playing a bit less than in spring because um what I noticed in spring that I kind of just when the season started, I started off strong, you know, like 10 total solo queue games a day for like five, six, seven weeks and then I reached some sort of, like, burnout in playoffs where I was not able to play, like, 10, 12 solo queue games a day. You know, I was down to, like, maybe six, seven, eight. which, like, compared to, like, how I started, there's still, like, some sort of burnout, you know, because, yeah, objectively, you're just playing less games. So I think everyone's kind of doing the same. We started off, like, slowly a bit with the amount of, of games we grind. And now towards the playoffs, like, now, especially now because, like, this week is Madden, Madden Fanatic. Um, I think everyone just like starting to ramp up the grind now. Mm-hmm. Um but for like the setup for the for best of fives, we're not really like doing anything different because um we always feel like the games we lose in the season are kinda of, like on us because we're the ones making mistakes. Not really I feel like enemies not really like forcing it so much. The mistakes, we're just kinda of doing them ourselves. Bar like maybe one or two games where teams just played really well. Um So yeah for best of five um setup doesn't really change doesn't change the way we scrim and stuff like this um we're really confident going into them because yeah as i said we feel like the games we drop is because of us and it's a lot harder to to (laughs) end so many times over like the course of a best of five because for example (laughs) like during the whole year we entered like maybe three or four games Mm -hmm. uh throughout the split and yeah, just, like, in playoffs, it's, like, smaller sample size, you know? So, like, out of five games, yeah, maybe you int, like, one or two, you know? Yeah. But, I don't know, it's just we're confident in ourselves and the way we play and our macro and, like, our lane power. So, I think the biggest challenge was just to not get this burnout at a critical point because there's so many times where I feel like I got the burnout to kick in uh, when playoffs started and that just kind of, like, hurt, you know? Because even, like, in spring finals, I think my performance was, was pretty bad. Uh, personally. And that's also because I was burned out, in a way. Mm -hmm. Not, like, you know, massively burned out, or like, oh, I can't play solo queue, you know, but it's like... As I said, when you go from 12 12 a day to, like, 8 a day, your performance will, like, dip, in a way, you know? So that's why, now in summer, I started, like, not playing 12 solo queue games from, like, the get-go. I started, like, maybe, like, 8, 10, and then just taking it easier in some weeks, but now it's, like, I feel like I have enough energy to go on 12 solo queue games a day, you know, until the end of playoffs. Dang. That's a lot of solo queue every day. On top of scrims, yeah. on top of everything. I'm
0: consistently impressed. I'm tilted after two. I have no idea how either of you have ever done this historically
1: in your life. Um, I mean,
2: you know, my biggest lo- loss streak is crazy. I think I dropped one time. I had 46 games in a low ro- row loss. No way. For sure.
1: No I think if you go in like way. season five
2: or six and you look at my ELO graph, it went from like 1.1k all the way to like 100
1: 46 games losing streak. Yeah. I think the longest wow. one I've
2: ever had actually is like 20,
0: 24. 25. Even that. That's like, I'm like done for a month. But maybe, I thought that maybe was. Maybe it's
2: not like, okay, maybe it's not like 46 like in a row. I'm not sure because I can't remember like correctly. Uh-huh. But I think if you'd look at, let's say, the 50 games, my last 50 games, I would maybe have like three wins, four wins, Lose, three wins, four wins, 46 losses. Loser's queue exists. It does. It, it literally does. Like, you losers know, at this Q. point, I'm just like accepting. It. I'm like, why oh, I won a lot. So soon, I'm bracing myself, you know? I'm like, okay, it's going to come. Yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, better time will come again. That's
1: how it works. That's how the system works. (laughs) I've been telling everyone, but no one believes me. You get winner's (laughs) queue and loser's queue. And once you're in winner's queue, and you win so many games in a row, loser's queue is creeping up on you, and then it just hits you. There it is, lose streak. But then, winner's queue is coming back. So you have to weather the storm... Then boom, win streaks back. You this, know? this sounds like the most degenerate solo queue gambler <laughs> mentality of all time. It's like, true. guys,
0: don't worry, if I play six more games, I'll get back into the winner's queue. You, you, have have to grind up <laughs> you have to
1: lose you have to lose the loser's queue and win the winner's queue, and then you will have a better win rate. Thank you, Cadrill. Yeah. Thank you. That's it's deep true. solo queue. People
0: <laughs> are always true. asking for solo queue tips. There it is. Lose the loser's queue, win the winner's queue.
1: Yeah. Um speaking
0: of questions, Odo, we asked for questions. There Can't are a lot wait. of them. Um there's a question here about your new hobby do you want to talk about your new hobby or is that hobby for you um it's up to you we'll leave it vague because people don't know what it is so if you don't answer people are going mean, I to want to like
2: i need to to chill with it you know yeah get better at it cool and then when it's good enough i will make like a big pop-off you know okay okay cool so okay.
0: anna bauman we did ask he, public people No, but, the,
2: but you can't i mean oh but this is like so biased you're like getting a question from my boss else
0: oh was what do you mean it was, a, it was a good question it's a good hobby I mean, like that people will Rose. find out oh. we'll find out and a bowman yeah yeah people will find out later that's the only thing i wanted to say because people are going to want to know about this hobby but you'll find out later what what could it be is he a break dancer <laughs> you'll never know <laughs> 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 now that would be um, a cool pop-off to be a break, break dancer. Dancer and just, like
2: do a backflip and just stuff.
0: just answer just walk on stage and finals just it starts fake,
1: fake of their role, he does like yeah, a just, spin just, on his head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How cool is just like spin, but imagine you like spin, but you never stop. Yeah. And then the league official has to come and just take you off the stage. It's <laughs> like, grab and you grab your legs to <laughs> stop you? <laughs>
0: oh no. Spin without do, the Do aid. You guys
2: remember uh, Scott Abhorsen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we had this meme in H2K, you know, we were doing like the h 2 H2K, and we would just like jump. Yeah. Right after to like celebrate our win, uh, and the, it's yeah. It's and the meme was wild. that at one point we were just supposed to do it until like Scott comes and just tackles <laughs> us off the stage, you know, he's there for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs>
0: Scott was a big dude. If anyone could have tackled the entire yep. League of Legends team, it would have been Scott. Um, we'll, we'll start with one of the more serious questions and we'll just get progressively more ridiculous. So, Powell at L E W A P P P P L WAP. Yeah. All right. Close I, enough. You've played with both Yankos and Inspired, and in similar in stages of their career, so you can compare both of them. Um, what are your feelings, Yankos and Inspired? How does it compare? Playing with young Yankos, playing now with young
2: Inspired, how's the experience been? Um, I think the version of Yankos I played with is is worse than his former now too. G two. I feel like um, when he came to us, he came off of like Rockets, so. He wasn't really like a macro genius or whatever. He was like smart about the game because he's like, he's obviously a talented player. But I think his biggest increase in performance came when he went to G2. And that's when we saw like Prime Yankos just smurfing out of control and stuff. Um, The version I had in HDK was like, he was good, but he was not even close to like the level he has now. While I feel like with Inspired right now, I'm playing with, with the best version of himself. Uh, obviously, he can get better in the future, like a lot, a lot better. But if I would have to compare, inspired at his age now, or like his level now, or like his like you know second year, his second year in LEC compared to like Yankos, I feel like inspired is on a whole different level. It's it's crazy because I feel like he's a rookie in a way. Well, in a, a rookie in the sense that he's like still 19, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's not really like this. He's boy. 19. I think so. 19 wow. or 20. It's very young, yeah. For sure under twenty, but um, just the level of like coms and his his way of playing is just so so good, you know, a lot better than what Jankos was in in H2K, you know. That's not saying that Jank like inspires better than Jankos now, because I feel like Jankos now, uh, well, no, maybe not this split or like this year, but in the years that he went to like World Finals and all of this stuff with G2, I feel like his level was like exceptional, you know. Yeah. And you can't take anything away from that, but. At the points in career where I played with Jankos and Inspired, for sure, Inspired is like so much better.
0: I think that also players are just naturally getting better
2: at League of Legends. Yeah.
0: Right. Like the the skill again of like I bring up this reference all the time, but in season two, if you bought wards, you were a great support. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was the skill gap. If you knew to ward enemy jungle camps, you were a genius. I mean you know? Im-
2: imagine in season two or three, when we were when I started, or like when I got like high elo. I started playing against top players that I felt like had no idea what they're doing. They're just, like, good mechanically. Mm-hmm. And there was no access to information whatsoever, you know? So, like, for example, when when Zoro Zero froze on me, you know? Because he was, like, the OG back yeah. in the day, the GOAT. When he first time froze against me, that was, like, something completely new, you know? And I was like, what's happening? Why are my minions not moving, you know? Yeah. And then after that it kind of like made me think and forced me to like start innovating things and just be like if this guy did this imagine how many like other things you can do that no one knows about just because there's no access to information and yeah back then that's when like every pro or like every really good player that like got better and better started like doing new things like freezing like you know slow push fast push uh cheatery calls all of this stuff you know and then right now you go on youtube and even, like, a plat player knows how to do it just because there's so much access to information. Back then, everything was, like, a wasteland, you know? You had to
0: yeah, find,
2: yeah. F- find the gold nugget in, like, in sand, you know? You just had to dig and, like, find new things to do just because that was the only way to get better. And there was, like, no one to, like, spoon feed you, you know? Yeah. So, like, imagine for me, it took me, like, two or three years to... Become really good at wave manipulation and learning all the basics and or like all the well not really basics, more like all the advanced stuff and all the intricacies of my lane. And right now you can go on YouTube and you find like a 30-minute guide. And after you do it, you're like, yeah, you know how to do all of this stuff. Well mm-hmm. for us it was like it took so <laughs> much time. It's like years of years, years of in grinding. the lab learning but it's, it's li- but it's literally true. And now it's like imagine you're like 19 or 20, like players like Adam, you know, for example, they have access yeah. to all of this information mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the thing with rookies now rookies come in they kind of know everything you know i mean obviously they don't know like you know the bigger like the bigger picture of the flowchart. there's like so many other decisions you can make and mm. that comes to like experience but right now since they have like a good baseline of everything they know they can afford to be more creative and put their time into like finding new things you know because like for example all my time and focus was into learning like you know wave manipulation all of this stuff while for them it's like all their time and focus would be into something completely new mm. yeah they know the fundamentals of the game yeah.
1: which is very good baseline to build upon and then mm-hmm. teach them the complexities right so they can be a sponge to it um, yeah the, the cool thing is i didn't play back in season three you know but i remember when i was watching in season four season three there was this i don't know which season it was specifically but there was this narrative around diamond procs invading the enemy jungle or something i think it was season two then, and he was doing I mean. counter jungling right which to anyone these days sounds like a baseline of league of legends walk into enemy jungle take their camp but back then it was non-existent. You know, it was this is my jungle, this is yours. Good luck farming, let's handshake. One guy walks into your into your yard. It's like, excuse me, what is this? And counter jungle is born.
0: Season one was eighty carries mid. People used to play like Morgana, Scion, bot lane because they wanted 80s to go. mid. like, it was only like years later that people were like, wait a minute. 80s need items and mid need levels, and that was like the big breakthrough. Bruh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Reginald's trademark aggressive mid lane style was that he auto attacked on mages and didn't Bruh. just use spells. <laughs> that was like that was the genius it was like <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he contested you when you auto
1: attacked creeps. Oh my god. <laughs> genius. Uh, yeah. yeah. So many um, things these days you could take for granted. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh or in my case, you're like I was a genius for this in this season. Like this is this is the only reason I ever got close to high now any any silver kid is like Yeah, yeah we push and then we roam. What do you think this is? Like we're not going to sit and like la- we have good back timings. Yeah. I'm like damn you. Yeah. Good times. Ugh. Brutal. Good times. Um Alley, at Alley, and then a million numbers. Uh, <laughs> maybe a new account, Is I don't it know. It's the pie. Is the uh, pie? <laughs> ever since EULCS, LAC existed, I haven't fact-checked this, only one top laner got MVP for a split. It was Vizicachi, uh who was also known as a weak side player, in their words. Um, what do you think you need to do to get the title for yourself of MVP, Odo? Roll
1: stop.
2: <laughs> Roll stop. probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, i think it's hard now because i need to be absolutely insane and i had my chance last split because it was a kind of like new player in a good team makes the team even yep. better and i had kind of like everything going for me you know the only thing i didn't have going for me was that my jungler was insane and the and the votes for mvp were split between me and him yeah so 100%. it ended up the third guy ended up winning <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so man. neither me nor him got MVP just because people were so torn on voting either me or Inspired. So it, it was a bit of a tragedy.
0: It was definitely a tragedy. I remember being like, yeah, because we, we fought a lot backstage even as casters if it was Inspired or Odo. And then everyone I think had like, on, on the caster side, some people made up put in Reckless Wars, but I think I had like Reckless as number three and then it was Inspired or, I can't even remember who I voted. I voted for one of you. And then, yeah, the votes came in and it was like, if you combined your two votes together... Into one player, you guys would have won, but because yeah. it was split, it was just yeah sad, <laughs> sad <laughs> life.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was really sad. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like now it's it's a bit hard. Now it's more tied into I need to have a, an absolutely insane split. Yeah, to to win it. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's why I said in, in spring I think it was like my biggest chance to win it, just because. Um, yeah. Also, the problem is that I think top when Vizicaci won. It was a lot more impactful, a lot more brawly stuff. And it was easier to have an impact. While right now, I feel like the meta is just so bread and butter, catered to both um lane swap yeah. everything's so like methodical get objectives he, and, yeah it and was also that uol roster where
0: most of the games they won they won from team fights and he spent like i think he spent like 90 percent of his games on shen but like every yeah. game they won was like him taunt flashing four people because yeah. i remember that i remember that season and to me that was also just like part of the reason and no offense to the uol roster at that time was that like he was the team was literally on his back right and like yeah. at that point in league of legends And I think this this factor kind of diminishes a lot year or doesn't diminish year to year, but goes up and down year to year. Like he was just like the solo carry of that team, and at the top level in the LEC, we just don't have that anymore. You can have a pop off player, you can have a caps right, you can be number one, but like unless you're 2019 caps solo killing people in lane, it's
1: like really hard to get there. Really hard to get that like solo adoration. I think, especially as a top laner. Yeah, I think the stars have to align for top lane. You know, you have to consider like impact, carry, performance. You know, what it brings to the team. All these things, and then I think the meta has to be in the right spot. You know, they almost aligned. They almost aligned. They almost aligned. Plus your jungler stuff, just, just has to suck, dude. Your jungler just needs, it's it's inspired's fault. True, it's Inspire's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the MVPs throughout the history of league is probably just junglers. I guess. Uh, I mean, junglers, mid laners, majority and, junglers. Uh, yeah, I think junglers, mid
0: laners are easy. A lot of ADs which always kind of throws me, but I guess they're like the reliable... Con- they're always the
2: ones who get to look flashy in the late game. I mean, just jungle has a big impact, no? Yeah. Like, yeah. So when you had Trick has being... I think Trick was like MVP like three years in a row, or like no, yeah, not yeah. Three years. Three yeah, splits in a row.
0: 2016 was Luka, Rookie, the split, and then Trick, MVP, I think twice back to back, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's like...
0: You put Greg as it, it, every it's game. It's so
2: easy when jungle... Like imagine you, you're a jungler, you go into every game and you give your like, team first blood and like the first couple of kills and you control the map, you're like... It's hard to make argument for... Any other superstar on the team when your jungler is just murdering everyone, then yep. it's it's kind of ridiculous not to give it to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I or mean 30 carries getting pentakills nonstop because it's like a jinx meta or something. It's like, well,
2: <sighs> you know,
1: looks good. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's all at face value, right? I mean I mean, yeah, and for
0: sure people like the flashy stuff, right? Like I'm yeah. I'm more absolutely biased for the flashy stuff. Like yeah, exactly. I'm always putting, you know, the hill of sangs of the world up there. People are like, they died thirty times. I'm like, but they
1: but they did something really cool. Well, look at that highlight. <laughs> put <laughs> treats on that list for me. You know, yeah. put, put Kaiser on that list for me. Yeah, um, it's different things, I guess, to different people
2: what an MVP is. I mean, it always yeah. depends what the team needs. Like, for example, if you don't have Hillisang on Fnatic ready to end for you, then the whole identity of the team changes, you know? True,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I think a big part of the reason why we do see that success um, in Fnatic is because Bupo and Hillisang just know each other so well, right? If he had roll swapped to jungle and gone to a different team, I think that would have looked just completely, totally different um speaking of that
1: oh
2: know. it's a good tr- one it's a good one
1: he sees, i don't see one his face it? he's I'm looking de- at the no, questions I'm
2: debating i'm debating <laughs> oh, i thought it was like a banger name that you were struggling with i was getting hyped for that
1: <laughs> no people are actually
0: just really just mean there's just a lot of like low key, there's just a lot of people flaming you for being 012 versus g2 <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah.
2: there are questions you didn't say they didn't have to be nice questions you know
0: yeah, but I'm not trying to... You're our guest. I want to be nice to you. If you want to read these later and get back to people, you could do that. I don't want to get crippling depression, so... That's fair. <laughs> wow. That's, that's smart. Well, that's You know, I choice. gave up
2: on, like, Reddit and Twitter, I think, in 2018. I had the best game of my life. I was like, holy shit, I smurfed this game out of control. Mm. I was like the shadow carry. you know? I was doing literally everything for my team. I set up everything. I did everything perfectly. Yeah, and then I go on Reddit and it says, this guy is the worst player on the team. And I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, that's that's how my relationship with uh, with social media broke off.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a it's a long conversation, and I think that I don't
2: want to say anything either. <laughs> there's a lot of here, opinions here, out here. there. And some of them you just have to, you know, blank out. But then I realized it, there's like people like no offense to my dad, but there's like people like my dad who are just kind of like. They don't really know much, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just like the people who are like screaming at the football game and they're like, oh, you should have shot left instead of right.
1: Come on, man. It's so simple.
0: <laughs> <be> yeah, fair, <laughs> I, I watched
2: football for like two weeks just for EuroCup and by
0: the end of the second week, I was like, what is this ref <laughs> doing? Oh my, my God. God, he's griefing <laughs> them. It's an American who's like barely yeah, only it,
2: watches it, World imagine, Cup. Imagine the ref is like subject to all of your opinions, like stuff like that. I like, don't
1: tweet it though. Keep it to yourself, folks. But some people like to, you know, they want to put it out there. It's the
2: same as Twitch chat, like, do you, guys, do you guys like type the, in Twitch chat? No, no. I, the thing I love
1: about Twitch chat is their their biasness comes from what's on the screen, right? So if you if you die, it's just a kekw. It's a quick, yeah. simple kekw. You flash into the wall, it's a quick, simple kekw. Like, for queue, example, solo I, could,
2: kill, I could not join the mob. You know, when you see like a big train of kekw's going, I cannot push myself to type kekw as That's well. the thing,
1: you can't beat the mob. That's the problem with Twitch chat, you know? There's a mob... And you either you,
2: join the flow but or, I want, or you I want, wait I, Like turn. You know, one of my dreams is just to see like a Twitch chat. Like one of that those guys, they just... Twist just twenty four seven because I want to see you know meet, meet them. the person. Yeah, you I want to see you know, like what his mentality is. Like, why does he type kick w so much? Because I mean, I enjoy seeing it a lot. You know, it's funny to see, yeah. Yeah, I, I love seeing it. I love, I love the mob mentality. But I'm like, I can't get myself to join the mob. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. It's crazy. All right, I, there's no question. They're like a be synchronized. You know that they're like it's like a hive mind.
1: Yeah, it's like a hive mind. They're synchronized to the point where they don't even have to know each other, talk to each other, or everything anything they just all know when the kick W hits and they're gonna be on the <laughs> mark you know or when yeah. the pogs are necessary boom they're there yeah
0: all right i can't find i people you gave a lot of good questions a lot of questions we already answered and a lot of questions that i just feel like um a lot of your sticks <laughs> to be honest <laughs> a lot of lovely questions so thank you for submitting your questions if you submitted a nice one hopefully we covered a lot of them in our previous discussions oh, Last,
2: had one with the tattoo. No? How, how much did the tattoo hurt
0: how much did the tattoo hurt yeah do you want to answer that one
2: Kinda hurt. Yeah, it's like it's,
1: it's kind of like here, right? Is that the one? I mean, yeah? it's
2: like on the part where it like hurts because like quite the, soft. Yeah, when the you vein. go like here, it's just like the softest. Mm. I mean, not even as close as because this one is more towards the rest, so it like hurts a lot. But this one is like more a bit more chubby skin.
1: Yeah, I guess more on like the forearm area is probably less. Painful. Do your
0: do your chest next? Chest is an experience.
1: What on ribs and stuff
0: isn't? The closer that you get,
2: I mean, the thing the is, if it's, if it's, if the, like for example, here on this part, like the skin is really thin, so it's like really close to the bone. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that hurts the most so like is the it, less... what's the
1: pain scale 10 being unbearable
2: i mean it's bearable but it's just like annoying you know because like mm-hmm. for example when you do like a normal spot where there's like more skin you're just like chilling there and you're like yeah yeah like you, you feel it you know but there's like some spots where you're like yeah can you hurry up
1: okay yeah so it's like a grit of the teeth like
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's not unbearable it's just like
0: annoying like mm. really annoying just stay okay. away from... Kato. if you ever get a tattoo, stay away from getting a tattoo. No, but I'm summers. skinny. <laughs> I'm
1: really skinny, so no matter where it is, it's going to hurt. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: yeah, but certain places are going to hurt less. So I'm going to get... I am mean, gonna get really skinny, buff. it's like there's, there are most of the places on your skin are like... It's not like up. your
1: nerves just disappear. No, you but I'm going to get weight. really buff. I'm going to weigh like a lot and I'm going to be really muscly and then I'll get it.
2: Like if you're a chest tattoo, you need to be really buffed. Mm. You can't be like Fiddlestick and then... I always thought that, like if you're fiddlesticks and then you get like a chest tattoo and then you have like you get bigger big then pecs, it like separates and it, like stretches or something. Yeah, like. I always we'll wonder fi- that. We'll find out when I get <laughs> <laughs> strong. Uh, last question,
0: I actually don't even remember what match of the week is. Is either Rogue versus Matt or Rogue versus Fanatic probably? It's probably um, Rogue
1: versus Fnatic. You have a banger I week this week. I don't think it's
2: week. Rogue versus Fanatic because um, I think we play Fnatic on Saturday, and match of the week is always Sunday, no?
1: Oh, it could be Friday. Could be Rogue it Mad yes, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, Friday. Like we play, we play Fnatic on Friday. If I'm.
1: Could be Rogue first. Mad. Could be Misfits G two.
2: Oh, Rogue Mad, remake of the finals. Remake of the finals. Oh, How, are narrative, 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 <laughs> narrative. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? The narrative is coming through. Yeah, it. it feels great. Uh, uh, we're gonna look to get revenge for the Spring Split. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Crown. You. Play the music. We'll play
0: the <laughs> Any final words to the fans? So a lot of people ask if you how you feel about Romanian fans. I guess that's it. Any final words to all the Romanian fans out there?
2: Oh, shit. I mean, I think I made so much propaganda that my Romanian boys are coming through with Twitter, mm-hmm. even though um, our civilization is based on Facebook and Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. We're still like... Our, Mar- s- our civilization. Yeah, we're still, <laughs> we're still slaves to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the boys are voting for the pogs on twitter yeah we're and, and making Bender. a comeback we're being the frenchies now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm proud of you all make more twitter accounts yes I tell your dad to make a twitter account <laughs> get the whole family involved <laughs> yeah just just get everyone in we need to beat the frenchies hans all got right. too many pogs <laughs> so yeah i mean uh o- obviously grateful to all the romanian boys out there who still watch oh yeah there have been a couple of dry years where <laughs> i wasn't really doing the best <laughs> But the boys are coming through, so uh boys, yeah, boys there you are, go. The boys are always there for me. All right, we'll see.
0: If you can come through for the boys this weekend as you play Fnatic and Mad Lions. Odo, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, always a pleasure. My lords. It's always good to have you
0: when you're not sad. You know, Actually, every time we get you... It's, your it's, it's good. good
2: even when I'm sad, you know, just like... No, the, the, uh, the content the deepest, is always good. The story in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: the content is always good, but it's yeah. nice to see you smile too every once in a while. So um, you can come watch, hopefully, how, Happy Odo Wamne this weekend, Friday, of course, at 6 p.m. CEST, 5 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Rogue vs Fnatic currently slated as the last game of the day. I think that's my big banger of the week, but Misfits vs because it's battle for first place. Rogue vs Mad also hype. This hype across the board. Um, regardless, see you this weekend. See you next week for more Euphoria. And thanks again, everyone.